navigation button, window, system dialog. You are currently on the button. To click this button, press control, option, space. Zoom view, getting information button. Alrighty. We are good, I hope and pray and cross my fingers. <laughs> So, welcome to the Divinely You podcast, as well as the Bodybuilder Project series. Uh, my name is Sarah Waggle. I'm the host. Uh, I'm the CEO of Divinely You. I'm a coach. I'm an author. I'm a Reiki practitioner and a fitness and nutrition enthusiast, among other things. Um, so, I hope you've been enjoying the Bodybuilder Project series. It's been a blast. I've had the honor and pleasure of talking to lots of different people who've been on amazing fitness and nutrition journeys. And tonight I'm kind of pumped because <laughs> I get to interview my own coach and she's pretty cool. So <laughs> I'm pretty excited to introduce Trish to my podcast. Trish, thank you so much. I know it's late on your end. You're in central time. So we're pushing hours for you, but I appreciate you hanging up with me tonight. No problem. It's my pleasure to be here. It's going to be fun. Sweet. So you have quite an incredible journey that did sort of lead to um, a business venture for you, but let's hit rewind and go back to the beginning and kind of dive in and where did it all start for you as far as weight loss and fitness and nutrition and all of that? Um, well, I believe that it has been something that has been in my life for my whole life. Um, I watched my mom struggle with weight issues and body self-image issues. Um, so I watched her struggle with those issues and um, saw her eating unhealthy, but then hating herself for her body and, you know, all of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So um, I was kind of conditioned in a sense that that's just kind of how it was. And so then I grew up that way and there are many times in my life that I would look at myself and be like, oh, I'm fat, I got to get skinny, you know, because the perfect image of a body was a supermodel in our house back then mm -hmm. for when we grew up, you know, Cindy Crawford mm -hmm. and all of the supermodels back then. Yeah. So my first workout video was actually one from Cindy Crawford. <laughs> and uh, I would do that in my living room. I think I was probably in eighth, between eighth grade and ninth grade that summer. I worked out in my house with soup cans <laughs> because they're like, if you don't have weights, use soup cans. Um, and I noticed a difference in myself then. That was probably when I really started getting interested in being healthy. Um, however, that didn't last. I eventually stopped working out and turned to food to help support me when things were not as great in life mm -hmm. and then would gain a bunch of weight. And so I yo-yoed for a lot of years of my life where I would gain the weight, lose the weight, gain the weight, lose the weight. Um, and then when I was 21, I think I found a personal trainer. I was actually walking into the curves, um, mm -hmm. into curves. Yeah. Except that I went into the wrong door and I walked into a personal training studio and these people were bodybuilders. And 
um, so that I talked to them a little bit because I was like, oh shit, I went in the wrong place, whatever. And so then I just was like, sure, I'll have a conversation with you. Like, what do you do here? I was intrigued, I had no idea. And so I got a complimentary session and I went to that like a few days later and I could not freaking walk for days. I worked at the hospital in surgery and <laughs> I remember like I couldn't sit on the toilet because my legs hurt so freaking bad. But I was like, oh my God, if I'm in this much pain, it obviously must be doing something yeah. because yeah. it must be working, right? No pain, no gain. Right. <laughs> Um, so I did that like for 12 weeks, worked with a personal trainer. Um, but there was still stuff that was underlying that was happening. So even though I was following a really strict diet, like I was eating like a bodybuilder, I was, mm -hmm. you know, doing everything that they taught me by the rule book. Um, except I still, I didn't give up beer completely because I was 21. <laughs> um, and I just counted those into my calories, but then I, I couldn't sustain it. Like it wasn't sustainable. I couldn't mm -hmm. continue to just eat chicken and broccoli all the time. So then I ended up not falling. I like fell off the wagon, so to say, mm -hmm. and eventually gained a bunch of weight back, all of it, plus some. And then again, when I was, I don't even know, a few years later, like, I'm like, oh my God, okay, that's enough. You know, you get to that point where you're like, that's enough. I'm just right. going to do it. Mm -hmm. So I did that again um, in like 2004, 2005. So I was probably 24, 25 years old. Mm -hmm. And I got down to where I was when I had worked out when I was working out with the personal trainer. And, but I did it all on my own. Like I just went to the gym and I did cardio and I ate how I knew to eat mm -hmm. and it worked. And then life happens. And so then I, all of my success self-sabotaged again and I gained all of the way back. And then I had a baby and gained more weight back and then had another baby and I was just depressed and unhealthy and felt um, the other day, a lady on social media used the words Oompa Loompa. So I felt like an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> and um, so then it was in 2014 that I woke up one day and I was like, who in the hell is this person? Like, mm -hmm. what is going on? This is not who I know myself to be. Right. And I called my doctor and said, something's not right. I don't eat a lot of food during the day. I had an in-home daycare at the time. So I was running around chasing multiple children all day long. Like I didn't sit down and just eat bonbons all day. And I wasn't losing any weight. My stress wasn't high anymore. Like, so I was like, what is going on? And I ended up going on some depression medicines for just a short period of time just to like help support me get out mm -hmm. of the rut that I was in. Mm -hmm. And that did seem to help. Um, but then I started doing some research on 
antidepressants and fluoride. <laughs> and I immediately started going off of them because I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't like the effects that they did yeah. to your body. Um, but in the meantime, I started working out. Um, I did, I think I probably watched an infomercial and I saw a pio. And because I don't, I don't like highly vigorous um, workouts. Mm-hmm. And I, Pio, I was like, oh my God, this looks really very, like it, there was like the squats and the lunges and some stretching, like it looked really good. Mm-hmm. So I ordered it and I started mm-hmm. doing that. And I remember, I specifically remember shoveling my driveway during a snowfall and being like, holy crap, like my back is so much stronger because if it wasn't for me doing that pio and like doing the work in there, there's no way that I would be able to shovel the driveway this fast and not have my back hurting. Right. So I was like, oh, this is some cool stuff. Um, <laughs> and then, um, so that was, that was when like, that was the, really the true turning point. But then I started having, I don't know if I want to say like, spiritual awakening at the same time shortly after that but I was getting more and more aware of the life that I was living and the true unhappiness that I was not addressing in my life Mm -hmm. Um, and shortly after that is when I got a divorce and um, a new boyfriend and Went from two kids to four kids and a new house and all this whole great amazing life and then i so i had like this big huge high again right of this amazing yeah, life yeah. all of the good things i my weight was down i was you know like i was healthy and things like i had lost probably 40 pounds maybe wow. in like nine months something like that. And I had done all of that, but then, and then went through, had like kept it off. And then it was a year later that I found myself at home and I was like, I'm not happy. What is going on? And at that moment was the pivotal moment for me accepting the fact like, Hey, I have this amazing life and I'm still not happy. There's something wrong. Mm -hmm. There's something for me to explore here. Um, and that is when I found a coaching, a local coaching program, and it was just four sessions and went to that, which opened my whole, well, my whole new career as becoming a life coach, because then I went to the, through the life coaching program. That's where I met you mm-hmm. and a bunch of other people um, and continued my journey as, and perfecting my skills as a life coach. And if it wasn't for that day admitting to myself like I'm still not happy yeah something's not right I would have turned to food Mm -hmm. and I would have more than likely did the cycle all over again and gained all of the weight back yeah um so it if it wasn't for coaching and learning how to deal with and unpack all of the emotional stuff that I had going on inside of me for, at that point, I was 36, 
-hmm. So for 36 years and looking at those things and who I was and what I needed for me to be happy, Mm -hmm. um, it definitely would have used food to suppress all of those negative yucky emotions to be able to comfort myself. So that was like, so truly that was the biggest, like really being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I really feel? And then, because mine was really about emotional weight, like the yeah. emotional weight of being, of weight, uh, like emotions that I had never dealt with, mm-hmm. and then other people's emotions, and um, how to comfort and be with them instead of just eating through them. Right. Right for short term, which then they just don't go away. And then do you think that there's like a direct like correlation between the cycles and the yo-yos and all of that and the, and, and individuals who just simply kind of don't want to tackle the emotional part? Like, do you feel like if you had never tackled that part, you would, you would have still been on the cycle. So do you think there's like a direct correlation? Like people get to a certain point in weight loss and they're like, nope, not doing that, not going to tackle the emotional shit. Nope. mm -mm. We're just going to keep eating and keep cycling and all of those things. Do you think that's kind of a legit path? Yeah. Except that I don't think that they actually know that it's emotion. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if they're completely aware that it's the emotion that's causing them or driving them to eat. Right. Like the, like the loneliness feelings or, um, like the uneasiness or the anxiety the uncertainty, any of those things, I don't know, like, they might be like, oh, you know, um, they don't know how to handle them. Mm-hmm. We are never, like, so what I've come to notice is that we're not taught how to be with emotions and to move through emotions. We're told, like, I was told, stop crying. Yeah. You, you know, like, I had no right to get mad about something. I like, so there was no way to express emotion unless like everything was fine. Right. You just Mm -hmm. placated everything. Yeah. You just skimmed over it. So yeah. Um, I do think it's correlated to the yo-yo. And then what I think happens like for me anyways, is that I would get to a point where I'd be like, I'm freaking done with this, like no more. And Mm -hmm. then I would have to like, be so rigid and disciplined in my diet that there was no wiggle room. Mm -hmm. There was no compassion. There was no wiggle room. I wasn't allowed to eat anything that wasn't on plan because if I did, I would overindulge. Like I would, I was afraid of the slippery slope of falling back into that pattern. Um, But then you can only maintain that for so long before you're like, cause this is subconscious emotions that are taking control and you can only let, like you can only rigidly run your life for so long before the unconscious patterning comes back and sabotages you, mm-hmm. which is the yo-yo, the extreme, right. the extreme point. Right. And so how is your nutrition now? Are you, do you, are you disciplined or you just kind of eat whatever I feel like eating when I want to eat it? I just ate a piece of cheesecake. (laughs) That's real. (laughs) Yeah. I just ate one. I was like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. I think I'm going to eat some cheesecake. 
Um, so no, I am not like, uh, since I started coaching, it took me a long time to be able to eat something like to learn self-acceptance and like, it's okay to actually choose to eat cheesecake or choose to eat some ice cream mm -hmm. and like choose it eat it and enjoy every bite of it and not feel guilty. Like before I'd be like, Oh my God, I'm eating this. This is terrible. You shouldn't do this. You know better. And then it would go straight to my butt. Right. I would eat something and then I would gain five pounds because I made it so bad. And then when I, so I had to slowly shift that like self-talk about food and then mm -hmm. choose to eat the stuff out of pure enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And so then when I slowly shifted that, then I could eat it and it was fine. And then I never gained weight from eating it. So for the last four years, I've been eating anything and everything that I want. And I don't, um, I don't overindulge anymore. Like mm -hmm. I can eat a small cake and be like, oh, that's good. Or I stop halfway through when I'm full. And right. that was get to that and be able to enjoy things and trust myself with food mm -hmm. and then um, now I'm at the point where I'm ready to um, because I've maintained my weight now for I don't know six years mm -hmm. so um, like no matter like I just fluctuate around the same numbers consistently mm -hmm. no matter what I'm eating pizza ice cream cheesecake whatever it may be salad like it doesn't matter and so I'm so I know I'm my, like, I've healed my relationship with food mm -hmm. and my abilities to be with it. And now like my goal is to tighten that up a little bit higher and become a little bit like choose more of the other foods consistently mm -hmm. because for so long I deprived myself of all of the unhealthy things and right. made it so bad that I've wanted them. Mm -hmm. And now I'm finding that naturally my body is shifting and it's like, actually we want like tomatoes and cucumbers and some chicken like it's craving oh, healthy yeah. food because I don't have that deeply suppressed desire to eat all of the bad stuff anymore right right but still allowing myself to have it and not making it bad yes I can definitely like agree and align with all of this because I go through the sort of the same thing like I'll be like I need a burger like I just need a burger and I'll go to like I'll get like the burger without the bun. Like I go to uh, uh, In-N-Out Burger because I can get the protein style. So I don't get the bun part, which is perfectly fine with me. I just want the patty of meat and the cheese, right? So I go that route and then I chase it with a milkshake. So, <laughs> um, But yes, I love conversations that are like, I had a green smoothie and I chased it with a donut. Like those are, I feel like those are more in line with how we are human-wise than like, you know, a smoothie with like fruit or whatever, you know what I mean? So I definitely yeah. totally align yeah. with that. So how did all of this lead into then you um, studying weight loss hypnosis? Can you dive into yeah. that a little bit? I know that's my favorite part. Um, <laughs> so I continue to deepen my craft as a coach. And earlier this year, I started studying NLP and neuro linguistic programming. And when you become certified in that, you become a clinical hypnotherapist as well. Mm -hmm. And they have 
weight loss hypnosis in there, smoking cessation, and I pretty much can clinically hypnotize anybody um, based on what they they want, right? Like we have, um, like being seen, we have a script for that, that we've created as a group and a few other things to do, like self-acceptance, um, believing in yourself. Um, like there's so many different things that you can do with hypnosis and going through the program, then I found that my favorite modality is hypnosis. Like mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to do. Um, that and time technique. So the summer I ran um, a four pro four session program, weight loss hypnosis program that we used hypnosis and then the time techniques. And the time technique is a technique that, um, how do I explain it? Like, uh, like there are beliefs, limiting beliefs and old emotions that we store that cause us to run specific patterns. And a time technique allows me to go back into that memory for you to learn something from it and then to release that limiting belief or that limiting emotion around mm -hmm. that so that we can create something new. So when I use the two things together, the weight loss hypnosis, I use specifically the client's words, like what, how do they, if they were to lose the weight, how would they want to feel? Most of the time I have found that they want to feel confident. They want to, and this is women that I've worked with. Mm -hmm. So they feel confident. They want to feel comfortable in their own skin. They want to feel sexy. Um, they want intimacy with their partner again, because that usually is a factor and creates um, uncomfortableness between the two in a cup in a relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um do they want like to be able to go and do things and explore things and not because it's so self-limiting when we feel not comfortable in our own skin um so we do that and so we do that i like we create that whole like what is it going to feel like what will you be doing what will we hear what will we see and then i create a hypnosis for them and do the hypnosis um for the first session and so let's just erase any stigmas on hypnosis. Like this isn't stage hypnosis. Nobody barks like a dog or acts like a chicken yeah. because I, that's not the right technique. We use clinical hypnosis. And so even if I told you to bark like a dog, if you wouldn't do that, like having a friend say, hey, if bark like a dog once, if you wouldn't do that in normal life, like you, I couldn't program that, program that into your brain Right. for you to do that now because your subconscious would reject that because that's not your normal state. Um, so like on a stage hypnosis, people find like when they're going to do that, they find people who are susceptible or more than likely to do those type of behaviors mm -hmm. in real life right? so that it's fun and exciting on stage. Right. Right. And then, um, so we do the hypnosis. It's very relaxing. People are like, oh, that's, all, that's it. Like, it's just a relaxing. It kind of feels like a meditation. Um, and then the last, two, the last three sessions, we look at like, okay, how are you feeling? What's going on? And then if there's any emotions or like, 
like things that are showing up for them in a coaching world, um, any limiting beliefs or emotions, stuff that's getting in the way of them mm-hmm. having success, we go in and release those specific things so that the hypnosis can t- go even deeper into the subconscious. And usually within the first day or two, they're already seeing shifts in, um, like I had one who the next day after her hypnosis, she came home from work and was like, oh my gosh, I came from home from work. I had, I didn't have the desire to like go raid the kitchen or I was sitting on the couch and I was watching TV and I didn't feel like I needed to eat anything. I felt good. And then I, she thought, boy, maybe I should just go for a walk. And so like it shifted her behavior that fast Wow! for her to, instead of picking up a bowl of chips or eating a whole bag of popcorn and watching TV and mm-hmm. choosing a healthy activity of like, I'm just going to go for a walk instead. Wow. So it's really impactful because it touches all the things, right? Because we teach our children these things, these mm-hmm. behaviors. Like that's what I had. I watched my mom have a healthy relationship with her body and with food. And then I learned those behaviors. So then I had them and then I can have some of them. So like shifting my behavior so that I don't pass it on to my children, breaking those generational patterns and allowing um, us to be, have healthy relationships and creating new generational patterns. Yeah, definitely. Like dive into that. Like how has this shifted like family life and your home life? I know that's like a big area that you focus on most of the time you work with moms. So like, what is, what's sort of shifted in your own household? That's kind of, you're like, this is awesome. This is exactly how I wanted life to go. Yeah. Um, well, all of the things (laughs) that I believe, right. So Mm -hmm. like in the weight loss hypnosis, it's that we shift it within ourselves, which then shifts everything. It shifts through your relationships with your children, how you're teaching your children, what you're teaching your children, because mm-hmm. you understand yourself better. And so then you can see those tendencies when they start showing up in your 10 year old and then helping them move through that stuff instead of needing food to like comfort them. How can they do it differently? Or how can you help them with the emotion so that they're not using food as a crutch? Um, and then when you feel good in your body and you, you have, you have that intimacy with your partner, right? Like that is mm-hmm. super impor- important for me. That's part of my whole mission with yeah. working with women is that they get to have the romantic life. Like you don't have to lose the honeymoon stage of your life and just be roommates. Like you can mm-hmm. actually keep the intimacy and have really good sex. Mm-hmm. Like it is possible. And I am on a mission to make sure that everybody is having that. <laughs> really good sex. <laughs> yeah, so like that, right? Like being able to have that with your partner because yeah. it's something that's needed. If you have a really solid foundation with your, your significant other, then you have a solid foundation to model again to your children. Mm-hmm. What is a healthy relationship? What does it look like? And that is one that has intimacy in it so that, and it's united, not one that where they're just roommates because then they're seeing like, oh, a relationship is when two people live together, but they don't really like each other. (laughs) Yeah. And then I get to build a career out of this. Nice. Yes. 
is my favorite thing to do. So fun. <laughs> and it makes huge impacts in people's lives. Huge. Huge. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I've noticed um, with my friends that are couples, I'm obviously not in a relationship, single and looking though. Um, but I've noticed during this, this 2020, like we've all kind of, you know, we've done the whole lockdown and shelter in place and everybody's kind of at home. And I've definitely noticed relationship dynamics. You know, there, I have some friends that are like so ridiculously happy to be at home with their partner. Like they just love it. They don't have to go to work. They can, you know, they're eating lunch together, they're working together and they, they wouldn't have it any other way. On the flip side of that, I definitely see like things that were in relationships probably prior to COVID, but just happen to very much appear now because they're both at home all the time. And so they're kind of having to face the, all the stuff that was in their relationship already that they were sort of avoiding, or maybe it was just like hiding just enough that they didn't have to face it. But now it's like in their face and they can't get away from it. Have you had any experience with that with your clients? Um, that it's been, I don't know so much if it's COVID. Or just overall. I think just overall, like eventually it gets to the point where like COVID has definitely expanded. Um, being home when you're home with everybody consistently and like it expands mm -hmm. and puts a magnifying glass on all the things like that before you just to look the other way mm -hmm. and not actually address, like it's becoming to a point where, yeah, you, you have to mm -hmm. because somebody is going to go crazy otherwise. Right. Right. Um, so I think that, well, and then there's the COVID-15, right? So you're home and then you're not doing anything and then you're gaining more weight because you're eating and not being as active. So then <laughs> mine was like the COVID-20 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then the people are like, then, you know, women start to start to shut down and not feel mm. as good. Or when their husband wants to go and touch them, they're like, oh, yuck. Like, don't touch me because they just feel so disgusting, even though, mm. and then they don't believe when their, their partner is like, no, honey, I think you're adorable or beautiful, like, and sexy. I don't, I don't, that doesn't bother me it bothers the woman that yeah, much because she doesn't feel comfortable in her own skin yeah she'll reject him then that they don't want and then that slowly you know it builds a puts yeah. tension in the way in the relationship yeah because then she's not getting her needs met as a woman mm -hmm. and he's not getting his mm -hmm. needs met as a man which then it creates a whole nother set of issues of like emotion like because when that isn't there mm -hmm. then you can have emotional in like emotional cheating or sexual cheating like different things that happen like there's just so many things that are yeah. tied to how I feel in my body today yeah. And it was interesting. Cause like I did put on a, a lot of extra weight earlier on. I've been um, on a weight loss journey, like since probably August, but I was at a point where I literally had never felt so comfortable and safe in my own skin. Um, and I'm guessing that like, cause in 2018, I like did this like rigorous workout schedule of like, you know, I was doing judo and triathlon as full time as I could do both of them. 
and I was not losing weight, but you'd think I would have been like skin and bones as much as I was working out, but I hadn't done all of the work that I've done now in the last year and a half. Um, and so now it's like, I'm a little heavier, but I feel more safe and more comfortable in my skin um, than I had before. So I feel like that's where that internal, you know, the emotional work comes in, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So there's so much because there's like, there's the emotional stuff that we haven't dealt with from mm -hmm. past experiences mm -hmm. that can be really heavy and be stored in our body, which if we don't process it or move through it, eventually it turns into disease. And then, mm -hmm. um, what else was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so, and on top of all of it. Now I know what it is. The, um, and then I know that once we like process those emotions from the past and release those so that they're no longer weighing us down, um, sometimes they'll jump on the scale and be like, oh my God, I lost five pounds. How can that possibly be? Mm -hmm. And it's just because of energetically how much we were storing in our system that it, it can happen. So weight isn't always calories in versus calories out. You're carrying around a lot that of was, baggage. It shows up on the scale. That was and, me. Like the first week that I did weigh-ins, I dropped like, I don't know, I think it was like 10 pounds. And I'm like, <laughs> I was yeah. completely baffled. Like where did 10 pounds just go? And then the next week it was like another five pounds. And I'm like, I haven't really done anything different kind of technically for it yep. to be that significant, but you know, you keep doing that work and you keep going through all those emotions. Um, I feel like I'm going through it again with this full moon coming up. Um, yeah. about to go through another yeah. cleansing process here. I'm about to do a lot of completion work tomorrow. Um, yeah. just to kind of like get rid of more, like get rid of more gunk out of my head and out of my soul space and that sort of thing, which sort of leads me right into like the last two features of you as who you are is you're also a Reiki practitioner and astrologer. And I'm sure that those two pieces also fit into um, the work that you do, not only as a coach, as a hip, but and as a hypnosis and just in your life. Um, and I could talk about metaphysical stuff forever and a day because it's my, one of my favorite topics. Um, but you mentioned like it, when we store emotions, it turns into dis-ease, which sort of made me think like that's where the Reiki piece probably comes in. And then you can also follow a person's astrology chart um, to fit all of that together. So you've kind of got all of these big pieces of a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. And that's the, that was the second piece I was going to say is once we unpack all of that the stuff that's kind of been stored or getting to that kind of um, getting through some of that. It's also learning how to set energetic boundaries, which is kind of more of a Reiki space. Um, mm -hmm. It's just really learning how to set boundaries, but energetic boundaries so that we aren't absorbing other, because I work with sensitive people mm -hmm. that have been, probably more or less, um, I don't know if I want to use the word trauma, but like for myself, I had a childhood that 
needed me to be on high alert Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I took care of other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. So I would carry their emotions. So like the way I can say this is if you walk into a room and you notice like, oh, this feels like somebody just had a fight or feels really sad and heavy, Mm -hmm. like something must have happened when you walk into that room, Mm -hmm. like you're energetically, like emotionally sensitive to the energies in that room. Right. And if we do not know how to cleanse or release those feelings or put up a boundary to not take them on, we will take the weight of those emotional problems from people Mm -hmm. and try to process them ourselves. And when we do too much of it, it becomes really heavy Mm -hmm. and our systems get bogged down and then we can become depressed, which then creates like all of the havoc for us while everybody else is out there like having a gay old time. And we're like, how can that be? Well, sometimes it's because we're processing stuff that's not even ours. So learning how to create that boundary of like, wait a minute, I feel really bad for you. And that sucks that you're having to go through that, but it's not for me to process. Yeah. That's for them to process. Yeah. So like, that's one of, that's another thing that I end up having to work with my clients on. Nice. Those energetic emotional boundaries. That's amazing. Yeah. And the Reiki is part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, clearing the energy and learning how to work with your energy and your own energetic system. And then um, astrology kind of tells me, um, like, I don't really use it too much with my clients, but I look at it for myself to help kind of support me in knowing what might show up for my clients or where specific Mm -hmm. that can help me understand what maybe is going on at a deeper level. Mm -hmm. Nice. So So good. Woo. You are a busy person. (laughs) You have a lot going for you. It's so incredible. And I like, this will be the first place that I can even announce it, I guess. I have a, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that mid October, I will start a 12 week weight loss hypnosis program. So it'll start the middle to end of October, like around the 20th, I think the 7th, the 20th, I think I'm not completely positive because I like, this is it's happening. I just don't have the details completely set down. So there'll be a 12 week weight loss hypnosis, which will start towards the end of October. And that will carry us all the way through Thanksgiving, Christmas, and into the new year so that you're actually set up for success. So we can release (laughs) all of those old things, get some new programming in there. We will have family things that show up, right? Thanksgiving. So there's plenty of stress, plenty of family, money stuff that might come up that would cause us to turn towards food Yep. Um, that we can then work through as a group because it'll be a group thing. Nice. And that way, once you hop into 2021, it'll be like the third week probably that we're done-ish, third, fourth week, that you'll be set up for 2021 then. Nice. Yeah. So imagine Thanksgiving and Christmas and into the new year already on the ball ahead of the Mm -hmm. game. May, well, 
my intention would be that you actually lose weight through the holidays, not gaining the weight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And if you're looking at traveling during that time, it's going to be a little extra. I'm already looking at uh, one of my travel uh, pieces for getting back to Arizona um, in November. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> not yeah. exactly looking forward to it. It looks a little, so I think travel is going to be a little, even if even um, more stressful than it normally is, which usually leads to convenience foods and things like that. So that'll be a good opportunity to practice some new skills and new tools. It sounds like so that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's going to be, it'll be fun. It'll be really fun because I've done four, like a four week program before, mm -hmm. but I, I think the 12 week will be really good because we can do a lot more work together and then just what's happening, happening collectively as a group mm -hmm. and moving through it as a and Do you have like regular programs or do you kind of evolve your programs as yeah. you evolve your skills? I evolve my programs with my skills, but then I also evolve them. Um, like I'll have a set idea of mm -hmm. what the program is, but it also will become tailored towards who's in the group. Mm -hmm. um, Cause usually people who will be attracted to this, um, each group kind of has a theme. And so they'll all have very similar things that'll show up. So then what one needs, the other one probably needs to, mm -hmm. and then we'll be able to work through them as a group. Plus they'll have accountability at people, other people who are going through similar things as them. Yeah. So they'll have a safe space for them to interact and have support and get the coaching they need to actually reprogram and move through and have new skills and tools so that when certain things happen, they can be self-sufficient in moving nice. through those things themselves. Nice. And then they don't need any more Slim Fast or Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers <laughs> or whatever, because they'll be able to trust themselves to know what they need. That's hilarious. We just yeah. passed like a Jenny Craig or something the other day and I did, or no, it was Slim, Slim Fast that I saw at the grocery store and I was like, oh man, I used to drink that stuff. <laughs> and a healthy meal for dinner. Uh-huh. Actually, if you're, uh, if you're a diabetic, it does spike your blood sugars. I did find out because my, somebody I knew who's diabetic tried it and they're like, oh, I guess I can't drink that anymore. Yeah. So, uh, I remember my mom drinking that stuff. And I, used yeah, to I drank it a lot in my 20s. Yeah. I mean, for protein shakes, that was pretty good tasting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, protein powder. Protein powder's come a long way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I wonder how far. <laughs> I guess it depends on the protein powder. Mine mine's pretty good. I have a chocolate peanut butter protein powder. I kind of like it. Um, yeah. Where can people find you on social media or otherwise? Yes. Um, you can find me at Trisha Bloom on LinkedIn or Facebook and, or wait, yeah, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. I'm on all of those things. I do have a website. Um, it's www.trishabloom.com. And it's, can you spell your name just so people have oh, yeah. an idea? It's T-R-I-S-H-A and the last name is B-L-O-H-M. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for doing this. This was fantastic. Um, I, I don't know. I think you and I could probably talk for hours depending on I what know. rabbit hole we chose to dive down. So, <laughs> but it was yeah. fun to have this focused conversation. <laughs> I know. I know.
maybe I'll, I was, I'm like, I thought about doing an EFT tapping um, thing for weight loss, but I kind of ran out of time. So. Ah, gotcha. Cool. Maybe I'll do it one for the group or something. Yeah. There you go. That'd be awesome. Sweet. I might have you back on again if I develop another series for the podcast and um, see if we can bring Trisha back. Um, so the podcast, this will be on Facebook. Obviously it's just live video on Facebook. So that'll be there. And then, uh, if you're catching the recording, it's on the divinely you podcast, uh, which is on Spotify, Google and Apple podcasts. And the, um, Instagram for that is at divinely you podcast. If you want to check that out, if you or anyone, you know, would like to be a guest on the bodybuilder project specifically, um, this is obviously a peer interview series where I talk to people about their fitness and nutrition journeys and I'm having a blast doing this. So please, I have five spots left for 2020. Um, I'll even throw in my own story the week of Thanksgiving. Um, just because I'm going to be traveling to the ungodly cold Midwest. Um, <laughs> I live in Arizona. <laughs> um, but if you know anyone who would like to be on this particular series, send them my way and I'll have a conversation and get them on the show. So Trish, thank you again. And I'm sure that we will talk soon. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Let me get the recording stopped and then we can end things.